The following podcast was recorded prior to the outbreak of coronavirus, COVID-19. Welcome to Ideas and Insights, Episode 3, Internal Audit and the Risk of Environmental Climate Change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to IdeaGen's official podcast series. My name is Stephanie Jones, and I am the product manager for Pintana Audit and Pintana Risk at IdeaGen. Um, We are having this podcast series to focus on the biggest issues facing internal auditors across Europe and North America in 2020. And in each of these episodes, we're going to look at a specific topic identified as a key business risk by the European and American affiliates and chapters of the Institute of Internal Auditors, the IIA. And we will be evaluating the impact that these have on internal audit departments as they prepare for the year ahead. And as I said, my name is Stephanie Jones. I am an internal auditor by trade. I worked for a number of internal audit companies in North America and most recently um, performed all the Sarbanes-Oxley testing for um, a manufacturing salt mining company in uh, the Midwest. So my background is in internal auditing. I'd like to also turn this over to my colleague, Kim, who will introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kim Everett. I'm the technical content consultant for the law module here at IdeaGen. I'm from a largely industrial background, uh, mainly involved with environmental management. Um, I'm an internal auditor for ISO 14001 2015. All right. Well, thank you, Kim, very much. And today we are going to talk about environmental and climate change. So I'm so happy Kim is on here with me. And one of the things that the uh, European Institute of Internal Auditors, they recently released a risk and focus 2020 report. And climate change was identified as one of the fastest growing priority risks for internal audit chief audit executives, with a 75% increase just in the last year, and almost 30% of CAEs forecast environmental and climate change as a priority risk in 2020. So, Kim, why is the environment and climate change such a hot topic for business leaders today? Well, evidence of effects of climate change, they can't be ignored. We've seen, you know, extreme weathers, increased flooding. Very recently, uh, the Midlands here in the UK had a very significant flood. I've experienced this myself in in my working life, a place of former employee. There was a huge flood in 2015. The site where I went to work um, was at least four foot under. It was so bad, the way, the way bridge, which is not a, not a light piece of equipment, fl- went for a float down the road. I experienced a personal, uh, an issue with a flood personally back in 2000 as well. My flat, my flat was uh, completely under. So, the the incidences are increasing. Um, the campfire in California, and that's actually been dubbed as the first climate change bankruptcy. Um, so we we are seeing increases in these issues. Public awareness, as a result, is growing. Uh, demonstrations are becoming more commonplace. We see a lot of Greta Thunberg here in the UK recently. Uh, there was a lot of protests uh, by an organisation called the Extinction Rebellion. Um, you know, they caused quite a lot of disruption in London, particularly uh, back in April. Concern is rising, particularly amongst the young. 
uh, pressure is being heavily placed on governments to deliver the Paris Agreement, which is to limit global temperature increase to no greater than one and a half degrees C from pre-industrial times by the end of the century. This puts increased pressure on governments to reduce carbon emissions faster and increase targets. Um, there's currently a general election in the UK. Uh, every single party is talking about how they will tackle climate change. Some are even seeking to become zero carbon by 2030 or 2050. The public are becoming increasingly scared about the future of the planet and governments have to react accordingly. It's not a new thing. I remember as a young child in the 80s, public concern and publicity over the hole in the ozone layer. It was a very hot topic at the time. This brought about major changes in the use, production and types of CFCs. And then following the Montreal Protocol in 87, 140 uh, countries agreed to cease production of CFCs entirely by the end of the 90s. HCFCs, which were the CFC replacements, are due to be phased out by 2030. This has obviously had a huge impact on businesses producing and using products containing these substances. The public were concerned and governments responded. So if businesses choose to ignore environmental threats like these, um, how, what do you feel are the potential impacts that they would face, both in to the world that we live in and also in the sustainability of those particular businesses themselves? Well, in terms of the effect on the world we live in, natural resources are not inexhaustible. We are aware of this. Um, coupled with increased temperatures, speeding up of the natural climate cycle, it can only lead to more extreme weather, mm -hmm. posing, you know, posing risk to life, uh, flooding, wildfires, droughts, etc., these, in turn, can lead to a lot of shortages. There's always talk of the oil crisis, failed crops affecting food supply, potential energy gaps, power cuts. Mm. Uh, we can expect to see a lot more population dispersion as more areas become inhabitable. Um, also, increased destruction of habitats, potential for more species to become endangered or extinct. The world potentially could become a very different place to the world we know today. Mm -hmm. uh, risks to businesses, they're numerous, but to, 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 to summarise, um, so you have physical and operational concerns, business continuity, supply chain disruption, shortage of raw material, mm -hmm. uh, reputational, um, so you know, uh, a negative customer public investor sentiment. Regulatory and legislative, so increased targets. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, UITS, the European Emissions Trading Scheme, is going into phase four in 2021. That covers the target period 2021 to 2031. Um, reductions of emissions mm -hmm. are set to be 43% compared to the base year of 2005. During phase three, the, the, the current phase, the annual reduction targets per installation were set at 1.74%. This is increasing in phase four to 2.2%. Um, so carbon reduction commitment ceased in April 2019 is being replaced with streamlined energy and carbon reporting, SECR. 
As a result, uh, climate change levy rates are going to increase by as much as 50% on electricity and 70% on natural gas. Uh, China, India, parts of Europe are also planning to place bans on future fossil fuel car sales. Um, financial, uh, as, as, as I've just mentioned, uh, carbon pricing, um, claims, fines. Uh, I mentioned earlier um, about the, uh, the first climate change bankruptcy. That was actually Pacific Gas and Electric um, following the campfire in California because of the amount of claims that were put in against the company. These these are all these are all big issues. Also, rising energy park costs, transport costs, water shortages. Uh, they're going to have a significant effect on businesses with high needs, such as beverage companies, the paper industry, the chemical industry, to name a few. Telecommunications reactionary. They're going to have to bring you know bringing the systems back online after freak weather also affects um, utilities. Um, the flood I talked about in 2015 actually took out the local electricity substation. So the whole area was without uh, electricity for over a week, which caused, caused quite a few problems. Insurance, <laughs> you know, insurance, increase in insurance claims, um, the company I, I mentioned that I worked for um, following the flood, the flood in 2015, um, the, the damage was ran into the millions. And following that flood, it was now, it was then uninsurable against flood, which is a huge concern for, for the company. The thing is with, particularly as, as you'll know this, Stephanie, um, with industrial sites, they tend to not want to place them too near residential areas. So they tend to be on the land that's not that appealing to domestic developers. And they tend to be on floodplains and or um, other undesirable areas. So the these problems aren't going to disappear. Um, it's reported $160 billion of damage was caused in 2018, only $80 billion of which was insured against. Agriculture, uh, droughts leading to poor crops, shortages of raw material, increasing default risk to banks and lending. So Kim, given all of those challenges and events and things that have happened and that will inevitably happen again at some point, what role does internal audit departments what role can they play to either help and assist their companies um, prior to events and just that preparation, or maybe once an event has occurred, how can internal audit departments help their organizations? Well, internal audit departments, they're, they're going to be critical for this. Um, businesses, they have to react, they've got to adapt, they've got to plan, they've got to forecast accordingly. Sustainability is key. Much more holistic approaches need to be taken, environmental impacts considered at every stage of the process. Um, you and I probably know that as cradle to grave. Yes. Um, what influence does the business have with regard to suppliers and end users? What raw materials are in use? Can alternatives be sought? Uh, considering carbon footprint, energy reduction and efficiency. 
investment that's available, new technologies available and being developed end of life of byproducts and products. Can mm-hmm. these be reused by other industries such as anaerobic digestion for energy production? Emergency response plans, um, increased monitoring and review of efficiencies, cladding, heat recovery, renewable energies, awareness campaigns, PR, advanced, there's been massive advances in PRI, PIR sensors. So, you know, you don't have to rely on, on people to turn the lights off. Yeah. So these are all things that internal audit can ensure and help ensure and test to ensure that they're in place for organizations. Absolutely. Internal auditing, it can influence senior management strategy development. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can help evidence how climate conscious operational and strategic decisions are being linked to the growth forecasting. It can ensure climate change risk has been included and scored on the risk register, mm-hmm. that there's an appropriate impact assessment has been completed. It can provide evidence of continuous improvement, assess the monitoring systems are effective, ensure insurance policies, operational contingency plans, including your emergency response plans, are all fit for purpose. Also ensure that the policies and procedures in place are relevant, up-to-date and effective. It's, it's, I think it's also it's quite commonplace, particularly among older industries, uh, for new developments, technologies to only really be considered if the payback is within three years. Uh, many times in, in my previous employee, I've not pushed through proposals knowing a longer payback period will just be rejected. Um, that, that's that's going to need to change and and quite quickly and and businesses are going to need to look much longer term in order to survive in a carbon neutral world and internal auditing is your toolkit for achieving that. Yes, Kim. And a couple things you said really stood out to me. Um, One thing is that sometimes internal audit, they can be the voice that a business area may need to just raise that attention to, like you said, senior management. And um, that can be critical, as you mentioned. I think another thing around the risk assessment, um, one of the nice things about our software is that uh, we do have the, the ability to, when you're performing a risk assessment and you're looking at the likelihood of a risk occurring or the impact, you can have multiple impacts. So you can say, oh, this is a this is an unlikely Uh, likelihood of something occurring, of a risk occurring. However, the impact on the environmental, um, you know, reputation is is incredibly high. Um, The impact on the um, regulatory landscape is very high. The impact on the um, financial risk is very high. So you can have different impact factors in place, um, you know, when you're making those assessments. So you can then have a complete risk register just based on your environmental impact. Which is an absolutely magnificent tool to have at your disposal. Yes, absolutely. And to share with management. And Kim, really the last thing I wanted to just address today um, was what can businesses do to, when it comes to climate change, to maybe use that to their advantage? Like what opportunities are there? Um, and and we know that there are lots of challenges when it comes to climate change. There's a lot of 
a lot of impact, maybe on the business, definitely on the environment. Um, but once those things occur, is there anything that can be done, whether it's through strategy or new product development, that companies can um, have an opportunity there? There are so many ways. I'm, I'm going to be careful to, to, to try not to waffle on too long. Um <laughs> Because I, I, I can get quite passionate about these things, but there, there are, um, you know, there are so many ways that, that, that businesses can take this risk and turn it into an opportunity. Um, so you have sustainable and eco labeling is, is becoming more and more appealing to customers, particularly supermarkets. Um, it offers a plethora of marketing opportunities mm-hmm. as, as, as well as giving you that, that extra, extra monitoring of, of your, within your own, within your own business. Energy reduction may not only reduce costs in ever increasing, you know, um, we have ever increasing utility charges and carbon, you know the carbon reduction schemes the the, the taxes sort of in, in, involved with those but it can also result in improved efficiency lifespan of machinery and improved quality of the product I, definitely um particularly within heavy industry um increased uh, metering can, can can really help a company uh, monitor take control of, of their energy consumption um, I, I, an example I can think of that uh, during my time in the paper industry, um, the general ethos was run the machine at full speed, get as many tons off the end of the line as possible. Uh, this resulted in high energy use and high quarantine. Um, so lo- a, a lot of product needing to either be reworked or or regraded um so we submitted all different areas of the machine we did a lot of analysis on on efficiency and we managed to pinpoint optimum uh, running speeds by product so that this this reduced quarantine by about 50 percent um and reduced downtime uh and reduced the downtime by about sixty percent, so it, it had a it had a, a huge impact that wasn't expected, and, the, and and ultimately that that just resulted in slowing the machine down slightly. So there there are benefits to be had that aren't necessarily obvious when you first when you first look at these things. Um, money talks. We we know this, um, and it, you know. Whenever, uh, uh, ultimately, you know, what's the money situation? Um, when investors speak, businesses listen. One thing that I mentioned was um, new product development. And Kim, you've mentioned a couple times the wildfires out in California um, last fall. I actually... Um, was on a vacation and uh, was visiting Napa uh, right after the fires happened. And they were telling me, the different wineries were telling me that they were in the process of producing a fire batch, a fire release, limited release of their wines that um, just as more of a novelty, uh, you know, because the, the, 
the grapes were impacted by the smoke. So they were releasing this special limited edition fire batch that they were just anticipating to just be so well received because it was something that was so unique and special and people wanted to see what that would be like. So they so the the wineries took that environmental uh, event that was very tragic and and not a great thing, but they were able to put a positive spin on it and then be able to sell something and you know that that really was an encouraging thing. I thought that was great. That's that's amazing. I I love I love stories like that. It's this is this is what businesses need to do. Um, and and as you're saying, you have to you know where where things like this do happen, you have to make the most and and take that opportunity. Absolutely. So Kim, before we close out this podcast, do you have any other final thoughts or observations from other companies? Well, going back to what you were talking about with the wine company following the the campfire. um, So companies, you know, they, they are reacting to environmental awareness. So Toyota, for example, launched a hybrid Prius. Um, between 1999 and 2014, they sold 1.5 million of, of these Priuses. And that was just in the US. So they took more than 50% of the share of the hybrid vehicle market. It totally paid off for them. They are now developing um, a vehicle uh, called the Murray, which is going to be powered by hydrogen fuel cells. Its only emission will be water. I'm very excited to see this when it, when it, when it comes about. Um, so I think, you know, the businesses who act early and develop early stand a much better chance of holding a larger portion of the market. Um, so there's a huge uproar regarding plastic. You know, plastic is suffocating the oceans. We're starting to see it now, but, you know, companies are developing. Amazingly, actually, some of the first to do this were beer companies where they're replacing the plastic um, rings that hold the cans together in the packaging with decomposable uh, cardboard and, and even even seaweed Oh, wow. Uh, Can holders, which are not only biodegradable, but if in the oceans, act as fish food. Oh. (laughs) They are edible. So companies are, businesses are getting smart and and some really, really great developments are coming as a result of environmental awareness, climate change fears. Thank you, Kim, so much. This has been very insightful. And I really respect your insight and your opinions. Um, I certainly learned a few things in this podcast. So thank you for that. And I just appreciate hearing your thoughts on um, what businesses can do, what internal audit departments specifically can do to help out. And hopefully that all leads to better business and um, not just for the bottom line, but also for our environment. So thank you, Kim, so much. I appreciate all your, your input. Tidea Gen Insights.